morning, everybody. Good morning. And welcome to worship this morning. Would you like to stand and sing with us? One, two, three, four. He came to live, live a perfect life. He came to be the living word of Cause he gave his everything Cause he gave his everything He came to live, live again in us He came to be our conquering king and friend He came to heal and show the lost ones his love He came to go, prepare a place for us That's why we praise him that's why we sing, that's why we offer him our everything, that's why we bow down and worship this king, cause he gave his everything, cause he gave his everything, that's why we praise him, that's why we sing, that's why we offer him our everything, that's why we bow down and worship this king. Sunday of summer. Fall will be here soon. I think you said Tuesday at 8.31 a.m. Is that what you said? Who, who, who knew? He, he knew. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Please continue to make reservations for indoor worship. We're pleased to announce that you are blessed with the opportunity to sign up for work in the pumpkin patch today. Just think of all the millions of people in the world 
Only a very select, very small group of people have this opportunity. What a great thing. Uh, speaking of the patch, we will have worship in the patch on Sunday, October 11th at 10 a.m. So we'll all be outside. Um, Jesse, do you want to make an announcement? There are two groups of people that have been on my heart as being left behind during all of this chaos with the pandemic, the smokescreen, whatever you want to call it. Um, <laughs> and um, the biggest group are children. They have had so many things taken away from them this year, and we have been trying to do everything we can to make the year as normal as possible for them. Unfortunately, though, we cannot do our trunk or treat because of the crowd it drew last year. Um, we are afraid to try to do it again this year with the current um, situation at hand. So we are going to, going to do a Halloween to go for the children in our church family. We're calling it Ready, Set, Glow. It's going to be um, basically a bag full of Halloween goodies um, for members of the church to sign their kids up for. It'll include um, fillable Halloween eggs and uh, glow sticks so you can do your own glow-in-the-dark egg hunt on Halloween night or whenever you want to do it. For your kiddos, there will also be a whole bunch of prizes inside the bag. Um, I've even found uh, some disposable Halloween-themed face masks for them to wear. <laughs> That'll be included in there for trick-or-treating if they get to do that. But um, we need your help to make it happen. I have created an Amazon wish list once again, just like we did with BBS. And that will be posted in um, our highlights that comes out this month for October. It'll also be in a Facebook event that I will put up tonight. Um, <laughs> tonight or tomorrow. Um, so if you would like to donate to it, there's a li wish list of just regular Halloween stuff, types of candy that we're asking for that are um, allergen-free and I believe small enough to fit in Easter eggs with a glow stick inside of them. We'll see. And then, um, you know, just different prizes and stuff to bring some fun at home for the kiddos. And you might be asking, you said there were some groups of people that uh, have been left behind. So the other part of this that God has put on my heart is to create HHUMC pen pals for our kiddos so that they can feel like they're part of our community again. They have not had children's church since uh, the middle of March. Um, we haven't had children's programs going on because, let's face it, children do not social distance uh, at all. So, uh, <laughs> so I would like to create HHUMC pen pals. And the other group of people that I'm referring to is anybody who lives alone or is in high risk of being exposed because I know you all have been isolated for a very long time. I know some of my friends here at church have been isolated since February and have been by themselves since February because they're in a high-risk group. So if you would like to have a pen pal within the church... I would love to have you write a, a short little note saying who you are, um, what's your favorite thing about this time of year, your favorite hymn, whatever it is you want to share with a family in the church. Include your address and a picture of yourself so the kids can see who it's coming from. And we'll stick those inside the bags so that the families who receive the bags can write back to you. And kids can start to develop a sense of community again with their church family, not with just with their parents that are at home yelling at them to do their homework and stuff. So all of that information will be coming out in highlights. It'll be coming out on the Facebook event. If you are not on either of those things, please email the office, and uh, we'll get you hooked up to highlights so you know what's happening inside our church family. Thank you. Okay. Uh, our scripture reading this morning is from the book of Exodus, chapter 16, verses 2 through 15. 
I'd say if you want to follow along on your pew Bible, but I don't think we have pew Bibles out there anymore. In the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The Israelites said to them, If only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. But you have brought us out into the desert to starve the entire assembly to death. Then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. In this way, I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. On the sixth day, they are to prepare what they bring in, and that is to be twice as much as they gather on the other days. So Moses and Aaron said to all the Israelites, In the evening you will know that it was the Lord who brought you out of Egypt, and in the morning you will see the glory of the Lord, because he has heard your grumbling against him. Who are we that you should grumble against us? Moses also said, You will know that it was the Lord when he gives you meat to eat in the evening and all the bread you want in the morning, because he has heard your grumbling against him. Who are we? You're not grumbling against us, but against the Lord. Then Moses told Aaron, Say to the entire Israelite community, Come before the Lord, for he has heard your grumbling. While Aaron was speaking to the whole Israelite community, they looked toward the desert, and there was the glory of the Lord appearing in the cloud. The Lord said to Moses, I have heard the grumbling of the Israelites. Tell them, at twilight you will eat meat, and in the morning you will be filled with bread. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God. That evening, quail came and covered the camp, and in the morning there was a layer of dew around the camp. When the dew was gone, thin flakes like frost on the ground appeared on the desert floor. When the Israelites saw it, they said to each other, What is it? For they did not know what it was. Moses said to them, It is the bread the Lord has given you to eat. Word of the Lord. And if you would pray with me, please. Gracious Lord, we praise you for a wonderful summer as we look forward to a change in season. Change is a characteristic of life, and you are the author and giver of life. We thank you for change and for life. We thank you for all things. As we worship you and listen to your word today, guide us into a more abundant life. Teach us to always be content with what we have, since we always have you. Send your Holy Spirit to guide us in truth and love. These things we ask in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. You're the God of this city. You're the King of these people. You're the Lord of this nation. You are, you are the light in this darkness, you are the hope to the hopeless, you are the peace to the restless, you are, there is no one like our God, there is no one like you. Come and 
Greater things are still to be done in this day. Greater things have yet to come, and greater things are still to be done here. You're the Lord of creation, the creator of all things. You're the king above all kings. You are. You're the strength in the weakness. You're the love to the broken. You're the joy in the sadness. You are. There is no one like our God. There is no one like you. to come, and greater things are still to be done in this day. Where glory shines when hearts alive, with praise for you and love for you in this day. Greater things have yet to come, and greater things are still to be done in this day. Greater things have yet to come, and greater things are still to be done here. y'all. I'll start our rainbows and rattlesnakes this morning with the rainbow that it is to see everybody on this beautiful, cool last Sunday of summer. Wow. Wow. Praise the Lord. It was uh, 62 at my house when, when I headed over here this morning. So I'll take 62 any day, you know, any day, all day, actually, you know. So praise the Lord for cooler temperatures. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we thank you for this beautiful morning.
We thank you again that we can come together and sing your praises and worship you and hear your word. Let us never forget, Lord, that your kingdom, you, and all that you do is reality. Everything else is fleeting and will pass away. We lift up those particularly that we've named. We lift up those who have recently lost loved ones. We lift up those who need healing of any kind. We ask that you would touch them and make them whole. Lord, we lift up those who are unemployed, underemployed, in need of any kind. We lift up those in areas of the world that are war-torn or where there is violence. We lift up those who are suffering from any type of calamity, whether man-made or natural. We ask, Lord, that you would guide each of us with your Holy Spirit. Teach us to hear your word and obey it, that we all might be better followers of your Son, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Does anybody know what a custom cutter is? Is anybody familiar with that term at all? It's not a surgeon. Most of you are aware that I grew up up in the panhandle, and in the panhandle, there's a lot of wheat that is raised. Custom cutters are people who have combines, and they start out down here, or a little bit north of here, but down in this neck of the woods, so to speak, up in the panhandle, harvesting wheat. A lot of wheat farmers don't have combines. And so the custom cutters start in the panhandle the early part of June, usually, the early part of June and the middle of June. And right now, they're actually finishing up up in Saskatchewan, up in Canada. And that's what they do. They progress, they, they work north because the wheat is mature as, as, as you go north. The further south it is, the quicker it matures, blah, blah, blah you know, the, the, the way the weather works and everything. And custom cutters actually perform a very, very important service that a lot of us don't even think about, you know, helping get in the wheat crop. And I mention that because it's, it, uh, it ties in with our Bible lesson this morning, in a way. And also, there are, there are crops that are very, very time-sensitive about getting harvested. Also, with the wheat, you've got to you, you you have to you have to be careful about the moisture content, you know. And sometimes there's a balancing act there because about the time the wheat is ready to harvest, 
often there are those springtime and, and early summer rains that come along. Most, most grain elevators won't take wheat if it's got over about 13.8 or so percent uh, water in it. You know, if it's, any, uh, if it's any more moist than that, they won't take it. So it's a very time-sensitive thing. Our lectionary reading this morning comes from the book of Matthew, the 20th chapter. But this is one of those places where it's not really right. So we're going to start in chapter 19 uh, because it, uh, it makes a whole lot more sense to start in chapter 19. And I'm not going to go through the whole thing, but I'll just give you a quick preview. Immediately following or immediately ahead of today's lectionary reading is what I'm going to read. But before what I read happens is when the rich young ruler came up to Jesus. Y'all remember the story of the rich young ruler? He came up and he said, Jesus, you know what I have to do to get eternal life. And Jesus said, you know, follow the commandments and all that. And he said he had ever since he was small. And Jesus said, you just lack one thing, sell all your possessions and come and follow me, right? So this is the context that we take all of this up in. Shortly after the rich young ruler walks away, then Peter said in reply, look, we have left everything and followed you. What then will we have? Jesus said to them, truly I tell you, at the renewal of all things, when the Son of Man is seated on the throne of his glory, you who have followed me will also sit on twelve thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or fields for my name's sake will receive a hundredfold and will inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last and the last will be First. So, right after the rich young ruler walks away, there's Peter. He says, well, what's in it for us, right? He said, we left everything and followed you, Jesus. So, what do we get from this deal, right? And the good news is there, Jesus, J Jesus didn't just go into a rant against Peter and, and, you know, and say, you bonehead, you know, of don't you get it? Like he probably, like, I think he might have wanted to say a lot, but who knows? I'll have, I'll have to find out someday. He says, Peter, anybody who follows me gets to share in my victory, right? Anybody who follows me gets back way more than they give. Whatever it is you give, you're going to get back a whole, whole lot more. 
And he didn't say it this way. He said it about the first being last. But I think what he's saying there is, you know, Peter, God's ways aren't your ways. God's ways, like Isaiah tells us in chapter 55, Isaiah 55, God's ways are higher than our ways, you know? God's thinking is higher than our thinking and different. That's where we are, okay? Peter, Peter has just demonstrated again that he doesn't quite understand what's going on. So Jesus answers him like this after what he just said. He continues his answer. That's why it's bad place to put a chapter. It's right in the middle of Peter and Jesus' conversation. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for the usual daily wage, he sent them into his vineyard. When he went out about 9 o'clock, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And he said to them, You also go into the vineyard, and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. When he went out again about noon and about 3 o'clock, he did the same. And about 5 o'clock, he went out and found others standing around, and he said to them, Why are you standing here idle all day? They said to him, Because no one has hired us. He said to them, You also go into the vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his manager, Call the laborers and give them their pay, beginning with the last and then going to the first. When those hired about 5 o'clock came, each of them received the usual daily wage. Now when the first came, they thought they would receive more. Peter, doesn't say Peter there, but, but, uh, but remember, Jesus is answering Peter here and what's going on, you know. Now when the first came, they thought that they would receive more, but each of them also received the usual daily wage. And when they received it, they grumbled against the landowner, saying, These last worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage. Take what belongs to you and go. I chose to give to the last the same as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or are you envious because I am good? So the last will be first and the first will be last. The word of the Lord for the people of the Lord. Please be in prayer with me and for me. Gracious and merciful God, God who shows grace always and asks us to do the same.
May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our heart be acceptable in your sight, our strength and our salvation. Wow. So, you know, there we have it. There we have it, you know. There really are so, so many lessons in this particular parable. But, of course, I've got to start out by saying again, how did Jesus start it out? He said, the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner. Okay? Jesus preached, taught, and wants us to help bring about the kingdom of heaven. It's not about what we can get in the sweet by and by or even in the sweet now and now. It's about bringing about the kingdom of heaven, restoring the kingdom. When he taught his disciples to pray, we just prayed it, right? Thy will be done on earth, on earth, as it is in heaven, as it is in heaven, right? So he says, this is what the kingdom of heaven is like. I can put it real briefly here. The kingdom of heaven operates on grace. Doesn't operate on merit. Doesn't operate on tenure. Doesn't operate on seniority. It operates on God's goodness, God's compassion, which yield God's grace over and over and over and over again. Just a couple of things I want us to think about this morning as we think about God's grace. The first one is, did you notice? The first workers, and by the way, they were, they were what? They were hired at like 6 o'clock in the morning, okay? And they worked till 6 o'clock at night. So a good 12-hour day, which is, which is fine, you know? They made a contract, Right? They agreed to work for a certain wage. Think about this, you know. This is what I think some people do. You know, it's like they're in, a, it's, it's like they're of, in negotiations with God. Okay, God, if I do this, you can do this for me. Or if you do this, I'll do this. That's what the first ones did, Right? Notice the ones that were hired later in the day, the owner of the vineyard, who's God in this parable, says, go. You go to the vineyard too and work, and I'll pay you whatever is fair, right? I'll give you what you need. I think it's interesting too. They all worked for the typical daily wage, which again is the lesson in the reading from Exodus that Paul read, right? And again, Jesus taught us in the Lord's Prayer. We get our daily bread, right? It's all we really need. We get our daily bread, you know? But these people, like some of us, want the bakery, right? They don't want, you know, they're not satisfied with their daily bread. They want the bakery. And notice the ones, the, notice the ones who were upset 
were the ones that made the contract. And the landowner says, are you envious? The word there really, the word in Greek is, why do you have an evil eye? An evil eye. That's what it says. Why do you have an evil eye because I am good? And again, uh, there's another, I mean, he says, can't I do what I want to do with my stuff? And, if, and the answer, of course, is, of course he can do what he wants to do with his stuff. See, it all has to do with our heart, right? It all has to do with our heart, you know? Like it tells us in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 16, when Samuel goes out there to anoint David, right? That's where it tells us. It says, man looks at outward appearances. You know, we keep score, right? That's what the people who made the contract did. They said, well, for crying out loud, I worked for 12 hours. And this guy comes along. He was twiddling his thumbs all day, and he only worked an hour. And he got paid the same thing that I got paid. Peter said, hey, we've given up everything. Peter, you've gotten to be with Jesus. You've gotten to experience the kingdom all day long. The person who came along at 5 o'clock, only got a little bit of that. Only got a little bit of that. You know? So quite simply, the parable's about grace. And grace is the heart of our faith. And it's grace is at the heart of God's compassion for all of us. Notice that too. He doesn't want to see anybody idle standing around. God gives us work to do in the vineyard. God puts us here for the harvest. Now, some people might say, well, this is kind of a far-fetched parable that Jesus came up with here to make a point. Hmm. Au contraire. It's much like the custom cutters. You have to cut the wheat at the right time. About this time of year, as a matter of fact, the end of September in Palestine, the vineyards, the grapes are ready for harvest. They're ready for harvest. And a rain can come along just like a rain can come along and ruin the wheat crop and ruin the grape crop. So, if you were a vineyard owner... You need to get that crop in. You want everybody working in that vineyard that you can possibly find. And it doesn't matter if you don't find them until 5 o'clock in the afternoon. Because if you get that last however many people, 10, 12, 4 people at 5 o'clock in the afternoon, that might be the ones that just make the break that get in all the grapes before the day is over. You see, now the, the Lord has called us to the harvest, to get in the grapes, to cut the wheat. We're all called to do it. 
And the time to do it is now. As Jesus reminded us, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So, I remind us all this morning to not be envious, to not be like the children of Israel who said, you know, Moses, why'd you bring us out here in the stinking desert so we could starve to death, right? He didn't bring them out in the stinking desert to starve to death. They didn't work all day in the vineyard to suffer. They worked all day in the vineyard because the reward is in the work. But the ones who had the right attitude about it simply trusted God's goodness. So I encourage us all this morning to not, to not have an evil eye, to not be envious, but to look around us and see the kingdom of heaven. And if you want to see the kingdom of heaven, you can't have an evil eye. And if you want to see the kingdom of heaven, remember the king who doesn't pay wages but gives gifts, who doesn't hand out rewards but gives grace. Amen? Now go in peace. And as you go, don't worry about what you'll get but what you can give. And as you do that, go with the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ the love of God, and the unity of the Holy Spirit. Amen.